Mother's Day, a day of happiness and celebration. It's a day for mothers, grandmothers, aunts or anyone in a maternal role. The day is usually celebrated with picnics, barbecues, dinners, parties, with families getting together. This was the plan for Mother's Day 1992 for two families. But the day of celebration would end in tragedy. 20 people would be in attendance on this day to celebrate Mother's Day in Woodville, Louisiana. They'd attended a church service before attending a gathering at the Jimmy Jackson grocery store and surrounding homes owned by one of the families. The children went out to play while the adults ate and danced, before two of the children disappeared without a trace. This is Lemoyne and Cronice's story. Sunday, May 10th, 1992, Mother's Day, Edgard, Louisiana. The day started out as any normal Sunday for Carla Russell and her two daughters, 11-year-old Krishana Gardner and 3-year-old Cronice Marie Jones. Cronice's father, Gregory, and Carla were separated, but the two remained on good terms, with him still being in an important role in both Krishana and Cronice's lives. But on this day, Carla and her two daughters spent their Sunday morning, as they did on every Sunday morning, enjoying the morning service at the Jerusalem Baptist Church in Edgard, Louisiana. After the church service ended, Carla began talking with Glenn Edwards and Leona Jackson. Carla was dating Glenn's uncle, Tyrone Edwards, at the time, so the two families knew each other well. Glenn and Leona had unofficial guardianship over their nephew, two-year-old Lemoyne Jordan Allen. There was nothing nefarious here. Lemoyne's father was in the military and his mother attended school in New Orleans, Louisiana, and they just wanted stability for the toddler. And once Lemoyne's mother finished her education, she planned on taking custody back of her son. This was once she had stable employment and could properly provide for him. And this arrangement was working well. Lemoyne's parents saw him or communicated with him regularly, and he was a happy and well-adjusted and simply gorgeous little boy. The adults were talking and Glenn and Leona invited Carla and the girls to attend another Mother's Day church program in Woodville, Mississippi, a small town just over the West Feliciana Parish line, about a two-hour drive from Edgard. This church program ended early afternoon and the families headed to a small gathering spread between a series of properties on a rocky road off of Highway 24, about four miles east of Woodville. At the end of the road was the Jimmy Jackson grocery store, which was owned by Leona's parents. At the side of this was a salon with a house situated just behind it. A footbridge separated some of the family-owned homes on this quiet, narrow street. It's extremely rural. It's the kind of town where you don't know where it is unless you live there. Krishana would later state in media interviews, quote, When we arrived on the family's property, it was like a ghost town. It was really eerie to me, unquote. Cronice, or Mormor, as she preferred to be called. Cronice was eager to go play with the older kids and wanted to change out of her prissy white church dress. Carla helped her three-year-old change into a short, multicoloured, one-piece shorts outfit with a black and white polka dot tie. She also wore a purple and orange bandana 
to hold any loose, beautiful black curls from her face, which her mother had also lovingly braided into ponytails on this day. Cronice also wore pink slipper sandals on her feet. Heartbreakingly, Carla would never know the white linen dress that Cronice was so quick to discard later that day to capture the little girl's scent. According to Carla, the adults went to the field adjoining the house on the left. There were about 20 people there. The adults sat down to eat and drink and listen to music, just enjoying the warm weather and the occasion. Now, I did read in some reports that Cronice's father, Gregory, was also there. But in an interview with Carla, she was adamant this was not the case. She actually says there were efforts to implicate Gregory in the disappearances, but the reality is Gregory was nowhere near Woodville on this day. Investigators would thoroughly question Gregory and he had an airtight alibi. On this afternoon, he was working at Russell's Party Supply Store in Paulina, Louisiana. Regardless, while the adults did their thing, the children played in the parking lot of the grocery store. Photos attached to the news article show this was a massive area, and considering basically the whole town was at this Mother's Day gathering, it was considered safe. Cronice, being like any normal three-year-old, all she wanted was to play with her big sister. But Krishana, being like any normal 11-year-old, she didn't want her baby sister cramping her style. The last time Krishana saw Cronice was when her little sister tried to follow her and Leona's niece, Tasha, while they carried hot sauce over to the other house. She shooed her sister away, quote, My little sister was trying to come because she always wanted to be with me. Tasha said she would take her back to the store. We went back to the house and I don't know how much time went by, unquote. Defeated, Cronice went and played with the only other child her age, Lemoyne. The two didn't know each other well, but the friendly toddler with a cheeky smile was happy to make a new friend. The toddler dressed in a blue and black Hawaiian-style shirt or tank top. It is reported as both. Light blue shorts and black, blue and white sandals. Neither Cronice nor Lemoyne would be ever seen again after this point. It would be around 4pm that Glenn and Leona ran into the yard where the adults were enjoying the festivities to say they could not find their nephew Lemoyne. Carla immediately felt a sense of panic. She had not seen Cronice in some time either. Quote, I jumped up and went to the house next door and asked Krishana where Cronice was. She said her sister went with Tasha back to the grocery store, but she never brought Cronice to me. We all jumped up and went back to the Jimmy Jackson store, unquote. Said Krishana, quote, My mum came by and asked me if I had seen my sister. That's when it all started. All hell broke loose, unquote. The adults started knocking on doors and frantically searching for Lemoyne and Cronice across the properties. The search even included looking under every seat of the school bus that was parked nearby but no one had seen any sign of either of the children. This was when Carla called the police to report not one, but two missing children. The Wilkinson County Police, the Woodville Police Department and the Woodville Fire Department would arrive quickly on the scene. 
Inmates from the Woodville Community Centre would also join the search. Search dogs were brought in. Carla gave them Cronice's white linen dress she had been wearing only hours earlier at church. The dogs sniffed around the street in front of the Jimmy Jackson store. But after this, the children's scent was lost. Based on this, it is the belief of the investigators that someone may have picked up the children in their car and driven off with them. The search would continue until dark, but there was no sign of the two children. Police interviewed the people in attendance at the gathering, but no one seemed to have seen anything. The children seemed to have disappeared in plain sight, and no one seemed to know where they could have gone. A woman did come forward and claim to have been driving past shortly before 4pm when she saw two children, a boy and a girl, playing right by the road. If this sighting is to be considered credible, this would be the last official sighting of Cronice and Lemoyne. It wouldn't be long until the first lead would be received. News reports included the description of an unidentified blue compact car that was allegedly seen in the area at the time the children vanished. The car was said to have a false convertible top, chrome hubcaps and dark-tinted windows. This car has never been located, and it is not known if the car was even involved in the disappearances. However, Carla and Krishana have both publicly stated that they believe the description of the vehicle may be fabricated or exaggerated to implicate Cronice's father, Gregory. But as I mentioned earlier, he had been working in another state at the time of the disappearances. He didn't even know the family were going to Mississippi on this day. He would have no reason to think they were there because they had never been to Woodville before. Regardless, the police would question Carla about her relationship with Cronice's father, They asked her if there was any bad blood or custody issues, which there wasn't. Carla and Gregory were amicable and doing their best to co-parent effectively for their daughter. Carla is adamant to this day that she is sure that Gregory had nothing to do with the children's disappearances. This did not stop the small town rumours and horrible gossip. Carla would stay in Mississippi for weeks to help in the searches, but she sent Krishana back home amid the chaos. Unfortunately, this meant that this little 11-year-old had to deal with the brunt of what people were saying about her family and what they believed happened to her sister and Lemoyne. Quote, It is scary to see my mother confused, not knowing what was going on. When we got home, I was bullied a lot at school by children telling me what their parents were saying. It was horrible. It's still horrible. I just wish that people would tell the truth. Unquote. At least four massive searches were conducted throughout the bushland and creek surrounding the property, but no trace of the children has ever been found. No items of clothing, no lost shoe, nothing. The children at the party on the day were given polygraphs, but in my research I couldn't find any results of these, and honestly, I don't know how accurate these results would be anyway. I think it's crazy even thinking about giving a child a polygraph test. Children can be so easily influenced and they're generally eager to tell an adult, especially an adult in authority, what they think they want to hear. Also, the stress the child would have been under doing the polygraph, it would have affected the results anyway. Nineteen ninety-seven. Carla received a letter from a woman named Ms. Cook from Buffalo, New York. 
Cook claimed to have Cronice. Cook allegedly believed that her own daughter had been abducted while staying with family out of state, so she took Cronice to quote-unquote swap her out. However, by the time the FBI found her, Cook was in jail on unrelated charges. She said she no longer knew the whereabouts of the girl she believed to be Cronice, and due to no solid evidence Cook ever had custody of any child at all, let alone Cronice, no further charges were laid and the case again went cold. And once again, Cronice's and Lemoyne's families were left with more questions than answers, and that nagging feeling that the missing children's case was not properly investigated. The next update in the case wouldn't come until 2012. A relative claimed Lemoyne was alive and living under a different name. However, due to the very limited information there is about this case, I couldn't find any other reference to this allegation and whether it was even followed up by investigators, let alone disproven. I'm going to assume that since it's not mentioned on Lemoyne's Charlie Project profile, I would be inclined to assume that the tip didn't lead anywhere or it was debunked. Allegedly, Cronice was also alive and well and residing in Texas and had given birth to a baby that year. This was one lead that was investigated by the FBI. The woman who was thought to be Cronice was a young woman named Brittany. When she was contacted, Brittany became upset and she denied any possibility that she could be the missing girl. She did agree to meet with Carla, though. Quote, When I first met her, I had chills in my body just looking at her. I travelled to them and took a DNA test. Brittany hugged me, kissed me and cried. We talked before she left. Unquote. When the results came back heartbreakingly for Carla, Brittany was not a DNA match. Carla refused to accept it, though. She believes that Brittany is her daughter that Brittany is an exact match right down to the same surgical scar in front of her right ear. One good thing to come of this is a lifelong friendship between Carla and Brittany. They visit with each other during the holidays, and Carla buys gifts for Brittany's children. So what happened to Cronice and Lemoyne? And how did not one person out of the 20 or so people there on that day see anything? We all know that it doesn't take long for a toddler to be right next to you one second and gone the next. The excitement of the day with so many people in such a rural area, it is easy to become comfortable with your surroundings and lose track of your child for several minutes. And in those several minutes, so much can happen to a two or three-year-old. Did the kids go exploring and wander off a little too far from everyone else and get lost in the woods? Did they fall into one of the nearby creeks and were missed in the searches? In my opinion, I really believe if this was the case, there would have been some kind of evidence to this, an item of clothing or the search dogs tracking their scent in that direction, but there hasn't been. Given the scent was picked up by the dogs and then it stopped right by the road near where the children were last seen, I think this may be one of those rare occasions where a crime of opportunity, a stranger abduction, may have occurred. That they saw two quite small children playing alone and away from everyone else, and they took that opportunity to snatch them up without anyone seeing. Yes, it is possible that a family member of either family or someone else at the party was involved. 
but I think if that was the case, there would have been some suspicion in the investigation, but no one reported anyone at the party not being accounted for for any length of time, besides Crenice and Lemoyne. And for this to be a custody dispute, or something along those lines involving either child, I can't see that person taking both children. They would have just taken the child that they came there for, and at two or three years old, the other child would have been far too young to give any description of the abductor or explain what happened, or to even understand what happened for that matter. If Crenice or Lemoyne were taken by someone to be sold to another family or raised as their own, they may have no recollection of their lives beforehand. They may not know they were stolen. I know my earliest memory would have been around four or five years old, and psychological studies would back that up, that a person cannot form adult-like memories until around the age of five. So if Cronice and Lemoyne are still alive and living under different identities with different families, they may not even know they are considered a missing person, with aunts and uncles and mothers and fathers and sisters that just want answers as to what happened to them on that Mother's Day afternoon. Lemoyne Jordan Allen was two years old at the time of his disappearance. He is African-American and was 2 foot 11 and 35 pounds with black hair and brown eyes in May 1992. Lemoyne has a small scar on his left leg. He was last seen wearing a blue and black Hawaiian-style shirt or tank top. It is reported as both. Light blue shorts and blue, black and white sandals. If Lemoyne is still alive today, he would be 32 years old. Crenice Marie Jones was three years old at the time of her disappearance. She is African-American and was 2 foot 11 and 33 pounds with brown eyes and black hair that was braided into ponytails on May 10th, 1992. Crenice has a surgical scar in front of her right ear. She also has pierced ears and went by the nickname More More. Crenice was last seen wearing a short, multicoloured, one-piece shorts outfit with a black and white polka dot tie. She had a purple and orange bandana in her hair and wore pink slipper-type sandals. If Crenice is still alive today, she would be 33 years old. If you have any information regarding the disappearance of Lemoyne Allen and Crenice Jones, please contact the Federal Bureau of Investigation Louisiana Division on... 504-522-4671. If you have your own thoughts on the case we discussed today, or any case we talk about on Stolen Lives, please search Stolen Lives on Facebook. Like the page so you don't miss any episode, and join the discussion group to share your ideas and theories. You can also talk to us on Twitter, search lives underscore stolen, and on Instagram, Stolen Lives Podcast. If you like what you heard today, please share on your social media of choice and rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app. This week's episode was researched, written, hosted and producted by me, Ali. Music is by Mayu. Music is by Mayu.